our show is a very unique. We bring futurists who have seen the past and able to execute in past too. And we have a very special guest today, Mr. Narain Gupta. Narain is Silicon Valley legend. He has started several companies, helped several entrepreneurs, did a lot of phenomenal work. Uh, I can tell you a lot about him, but I don't want to take too much time because we have only 30 minutes. Uh, but before I invite him on our show, those who may not know him, he's one of the investors in Snapdeal, Pubmatic, Amcheck. He picked very unique companies. He has a very interesting investment philosophy. He find entrepreneurs mostly based out of India and who understand the international market or at least their product has uh, potential in international market. And he has a very hands-on approach as compared to other VCs. So let's talk to him and let's discuss uh, what is his predictions for the future, especially in uh, today's time. Narain, welcome to our show. Thank you, Sanjeev. Looking forward. So, you know, our first question is always, do you have any confession for our audience? <laughs> I hope you are prepared. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you something, Sanjeev. You know, I have made more mistakes in my life than almost anybody I know. And, you know, it is out of those mistakes come the greatest things. You know, it's like a lot of the discoveries, if you go back, x-rays and, you know, radioactivity and so on, came out of mistakes in the, in the lab. So my confession is, please don't hang me for my mistakes. Hopefully I did enough good things. People who know me closely, you know, know how many dumb things I do. The world sees only the good things I do, fortunately. So it's been all a, all a very good, very good life. I mean, I'm a big fan of yours and thank you very much for being on the board of IIT Delhi Excellence Foundation. Uh, under your guidance and leadership uh, team is doing a pretty good job. This year is really tough year for all of us. So we are working really hard. So thanks for your support. Uh, we will talk some other time what IIT Delhi is doing around this time, especially around the COVID-19. There are a lot of challenges India has. So coming back to the kind of investments you have done, so I find you are a big fan of open source. Why? Yes. Well, the technology in the, in the in, till about 20 years ago touched only the Western world, the rich world. Mm -hmm. But the needs are the greatest in the developing markets and really, uh, really for the 7 billion people who have not been affected by technology. And that is where open source comes in. It gives everybody to participate um, in the benefits of technology. People can try things before they buy. And I'm a big believer that when you build products that serve 7 billion people instead of 700 million or 70 million, you will ultimately make money. But more importantly, you'll have a bigger impact. And that is the core of what we do with open source. We want to democratize technology. And that's the only way I see to do it. So it's very, uh, you know, it's uh, very close to the conversation I had last week with Sam Petroda. And we talked about most smartest people are busy solving rich people problem because they can pay. 
nobody is really thinking about the problem of the people who may be able to pay, but not the kind of money uh, they want to charge. So it is uh, very refreshing. And I'm a big fan of the open source, what work it is doing. So let's talk a little bit about the COVID-19 situation and uh, which of your company is doing some work in that area or those platforms can be leveraged. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because uh, you know exactly what's going on and major problems we are dealing with today, globally, oh, not only in India. Right. I, I, let me kind of answer the first question. First of all, I believe the past was about serving rich people. The future is about serving everybody. The reality is that the, 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 the underperforming poor economies are growing faster. Africa is going to be one of the fastest growing uh, continent in the next 25 years, even faster than Asia, for a variety wow. of reasons. So, so I think we have seen the past, but we need to be prepared for the future. Now, COVID-19, there are a lot of challenges. India is going through one of the worst human crises in decades in my opinion. And the way we have, we have a, uh, our team in India is, our Nexus team in India is doing variety of things. But the conclusion we have, the short-term need in India is logistics. Even if you can get oxygen concentrated, how do you get them to the right place at the right time and have them installed? And we are fortunate to have one of our companies delivery, which is the biggest logistics company in India. And the, those uh, leaders in that company, Sahil Barwa, who is a CEO, came to us and said that his conscience says we must direct all our resources to addressing the COVID crisis right now, even if it means a complete loss of revenue for us for some period of time. Mm -hmm. And our, we could not be more, more cheering of people, leaders like that. Yeah, we are, we, are arranging, we are arranging mega flights. We are arranging thousands of our trucks to deliver not just medicine and oxygen concentrators. There is likely to be a, a, a problem with food. And we, it's, not, it's not there today. It's going to be because there is going to be all the migrant workers have gone back to the villages. So we are going to have to really, the problem is just beginning. We will address the immediate need, but the long-term impact is going to be significant. It's not about money alone. You can throw all the money you want to. If you can't get your oxygen concentrator to the right place at the right time, have it installed and be working, it is not going to do anything. So our three of our logistics company, delivery being the largest, is really directing all its resources. That's, that's phenomenal. And, you know, we are arranging these mega flights from China. We are arranging flights from the US to deliver medical supplies and, and whatever is needed. And I, I, we could not be happier. That's wonderful. And, uh, you know, I, we started the task force under IID Dev, and uh, we are getting a lot of uh, traction. In fact, we are considering uh, uh, setting up uh, like a makeshift hospital in IIT Delhi, mm -hmm. at least for the students and the teachers and professors. So we kind of isolate. And even if we can find enough doctors, possibly get more people there. So I'll reach out to you separately. Yes, uh, yes, I think, I think, and I should say happily that two of the founders of delivery are IIT Delhi graduates. Oh, so I should talk to them. Yeah, absolutely. And they will do anything. You know, I want to learn from them how we can, because we have a lot of volunteers now. We have recruited almost 150 volunteers. 
but the same thing, uh, exactly the challenge you talked about in logistics. And we are having the same problem is where do we start? What are the things we really need to do on the ground? But coming back to the technology, uh, your company, you have invested in H2O, which right. is one of the leading AI company and one of the leading AI, almost like an open source player uh, because open source is kind of, the word has been stretched in the last few years. So I, I'm a little reluctant saying it's completely open source, but how companies like H2O can help us predicting these issues going forward. So we can isolate ourselves. Uh, and let me explain you what I meant by that. So today we have detections for tsunami. We have detection systems for earthquake. We have detection system for pretty much a lot of natural calamities. We know when it is going to rain, when we go in snow, but we don't know when all of us are going to fall sick like that. One of the things we have asked, we have repeatedly asked the Indian government is to, is to provide a good a collection of good high quality data. Mm -hmm. The H2O can provide the algorithms, but it can't provide the data. All right. I think US has done a very good job in collecting data across the board. Mm -hmm. And one of the th things we need to do in India, whether it is relates to uh, floods or you know dry seasons or whatever, we are not going to be able to uh, react in time unless we have data and we have the right algorithms. I can hire people to write algorithms. H2O yeah. can hire people, but H2O can't create data. No, what so I think one of the, the, the most important challenges as AI takes hold is collection, organization, deployment, access of high quality data while, while preserving uh, privacy. It's not straightforward things to do. So I think the Indian government has done a much better job compared to five or 10 years ago but we have miles to go. The quality of data in India is generally poor. True. And I've seen a lot of that data because we did some work with IMHE, which is healthdata.gov. Uh, Bill Gates uh, Foundation is one of the major uh, investor or- uh, Sponsor. Yeah, yeah, sponsor of that. Uh, Dr. Chris Murray started this organization 10 years ago, did a brilliant job. In fact, that's the book I'm planning to recommend to everyone to read, One Doctor for 8 billion people. Uh, it's a beautiful book. You should read it, the kind of work they are doing. They have petabytes of data. In fact, I, kind of, I was surprised. It seems like they have more data about India than Indian government. I don't know how. Nachiket Moore was involved uh, from uh, Indian side earlier. So there are a lot of interesting data sets available. My question and ask, Narain, is we have built these warning systems for the natural calamities and we are perfecting it. How can someone uh, or organization like H2O, you have brilliant thinkers in a lot of your companies. They can create this kind of infrastructure, more like a cloud infrastructure, which is more like an open source infrastructure where all the countries can bring their data mm -hmm. and anonymize it, but still we can find these warnings like COVID-19, these different strain traveling from this place to this place, that kind of system, I believe it's a greater need because I personally think it's not over yet. We are looking at India right now, uh, almost 20% uh, of Americans are 
Uh, 20% I was just reading the data. Yep. Uh, in US has been vaccinated. We have administered almost 232 million uh, doses in America. In the US, the number is over 50% now have gotten at least one dose. Yes. Okay. So that is one dose. Not is that people who have gotten both doses. Yeah. So, uh, but that doesn't mean we have the herd immunity yet. Yep. And new strains are coming. We don't know how those new strains are going to create challenges. And COVID is just the beginning of these new kind of diseases in my understanding. So we really need a global infrastructure, almost like an open source software where we can bring and the people and the companies and the or government organization can analyze their data and help build a better system at the global scale. What do you think about that? I think that's going to be essential because COVID does not know national or, or continental boundaries. Today, people are traveling from everywhere to everywhere. And even if COVID is conquered, as you said, there will be new strains of COVID or new kinds of diseases. So I think it's going to be incumbent upon us and maybe incumbent upon the UN to bring people together, not just for you know, the, the, the greater good, but for the good of everybody, every citizen of their own country. I believe it's going to happen. I think we have learned a lesson. I hope we have learned a lesson. I think we are completely unprepared for what, what happened. I think we were completely uncooperating with each other. We were not cooperating. We don't know what the source of COVID is. Still, I think that's all that is going to be something hopefully we'll learn. And I think the sooner we start building this infrastructure, the better off we are all going to be. But I believe in, you know, in uh, the human race ability to learn at least a little bit. So we will see what happens next few years. I think one of the post COVID thing is going to be uh, early warning system. And early warning system is going to be both global and local. The reality is if we had acted on early identifying hotspots and do local lockdowns and, and take a more stronger action in India particularly, the situation would not be that much out of control that we have right now. The other part of it is just the, the how far we have come in drug design. You know, the whole, whole mRNA is basically fundamentally a digital technology. Yeah. You can take one part of the gene and plug something else in. I think that is another area which I believe uh, AI uh, will play a massive role. When you convert the problem into a digital problem and be able to predict the kind of uh, mRNA uh, gene sequences you need, you're going to see a revolution uh, in how some of these things are addressed. I'm an optimistic guy. I guess you had to be an optimist. You know? So do I, so am I. And uh, Narin, we are going to solve this problem one way or the other. I personally believe this problem is not just for governments to solve. Because when we, people talk about it and I say, really, this is who is government? It's us. We are the one who elected them. We are the one who are involved and if we don't take actions it's not going to happen so criticizing a government leader just one guy doesn't make any sense that's right uh, so we, we all have they, to join they're, hands they're trying their best i mean we have challenges in the us yeah. there is a significant percentage of population that doesn't want to get vaccinated and i just don't understand what the logic is but you know you have to respect people's uh, individual uh, feelings so if i want to start or if our audience wants to start building a system like that, early warning system or early health warning system, 
where do they start do you have some ideas and suggestions for them i i i i would say focus on how you collect and organize data yeah. algorithms will come mm-hmm. and algorithm can be done in a short period of time but the thing about data is if you don't capture it while it is there it is lost forever mm-hmm. so i think to me the the most important thing you do is capture the data and organize it yeah find the easiest easiest cheapest way to organ to capture the data so uh i always talk a little bit about the personal side i know today's topic and the situation is hard pressing so i couldn't talk but it'll be nice for our audience to know a little bit about your background what you like where you grew up and how you got here well uh, i i you know i grew up in delhi and i only lived in delhi and then i was at caltech for a year so i lived in the la area for a year and i have been in the bay area for since 1970 over 50 years and i you know it's always one step at a time do my basic you know motto in life is every day i come to work or i do my work and i ask myself what is the best i can do to make the most contribution to my organization to society in general and you know the progress looks slow on a day to day basis but over years and decades it can you know you can build mountains so uh narin just changing the topic uh, from the audience india has this concept of big metros huge cities which are pretty hard to manage yeah and in america you and me saw the cities are divided far more manageable and there are a little bit better structure around it and the uh, uh, civic sense is there there a lot more you can do what do you think about that well i think the urbanization has a lot of challenges across the board and uh, it is uh, environmentally generally quite bad mm-hmm. it is by and large even the us cities some of the cities are not manageable like la being one of them traffic is bad and stuff like that it sort of works there are some advantages to the cities but i think the future is going to be about bringing about economic growth while reducing the need for people to come to big cities not an easy thing to do i think uh, prime minister modi has worked on a lot of initiatives building access to villages providing them mechanisms to make good living there so i i don't believe that 50 years from now the big cities will Thanks, be very any parting thoughts for our audience uh you know live your dream basically i would say that uh, you know don't feel compelled to be a success in a month or a year or whatever just do the right thing every day and make make life fun you know i probably have the most fun life of everybody i've traveled all over the place and you know i i'm one of the very good bridge players you know it is such a thinking game so you know live your live your dream but uh, don't uh, get too impatient but also don't kick back too much just just go for it you know take your chances <laughs> yeah right right the the you know the the fun is in putting up a good fight narain i can't thank you enough for your time today it's really really phenomenal i also want to thank our audience and radio zindagi for giving me this chance uh please remember what narain said live your dream take your chance go for it and if you are curious you will find solutions of most complex problems thank you very much thank you dr wednesday
Thank you, Narain. Thank you.